1: Today is Tuesday, October 15th, 2019. On this day in 1793, 37-year-old Marie Antoinette was convicted of treason in the midst of the French Revolution. The following day, she was executed.
0: This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness.
1: Welcome to Today in True Crime, a ParCast original. Every day we flip back the calendar to this date years ago and recount one event from true crime history. I'm Vanessa Richardson, and today we're covering the conviction of Marie Antoinette, the Queen of France, for treason. She was tried and executed in 1793 during the French Revolution. Today's episode is part of our series on Halloween, where we delve into the fascinating traditions behind the world's scariest holiday. If you enjoy this episode of Today in True Crime, be sure to check out the rest of the ParCast Presents Halloween feed on Spotify. Due to the graphic nature of today's crimes, listener discretion is advised. Extreme caution is advised for listeners under 13. Before we unpack the ramifications of Marie Antoinette's conviction, let's go back to Paris in the earliest hours of the morning of October 15, 1793. It was past midnight, but the courtroom was still thrumming with activity. Candlelight illuminated the faces in the gallery from below, the dancing light giving them sinister, ravenous expressions. To Her Majesty, Marie Antoinette, they all looked like monsters. Marie sat regally behind a plain wooden table. She tried to appear as stately as possible in the face of these ghouls, but it was no easy task. They had taken her lavish dresses and left her with a single, threadbare black gown for the last ten weeks. They had taken her pearls, and her neck was now ringed in spider bites, garnered in that hellish prison, the conciergerie. For God's sake, they had even taken her shoes. But that was only the beginning of what she was forced to endure— As she had learned only a few hours ago, the revolutionaries had even gone so far as to corrupt her own son. The poor boy, only eight years old, had been separated from her and imprisoned like an animal. She had heard terrible stories about the tortures her son had been put through, although she couldn't be sure of how true the rumors were the worst of them, that the revolutionaries had hired sex workers to forcibly give him venereal disease. She had no doubt that her enemies would stoop so low. After all, they had gotten the boy to sign documents bearing monstrous accusations against her. Then they read out his so-called testimony for everyone to hear. They claimed she had molested him, her own boy, Disgusting falsehoods propagated by power-hungry wastrels. She was the queen. A few years ago, these mongrels would have been lucky to kiss her feet. Though she had remained quiet for most of the proceedings, upon the reading of her son's supposed testimony, Marie's outrage compelled her to speak up. She cleared her throat and said simply, I thought that human nature would excuse me from answering such an imputation, but I appeal from it to the heart of every mother here present." The brevity of her statement and defiance of her tone shocked the room. For the first time, there was something approaching a sympathetic silence from the spectators. But it didn't last for long. Within seconds, the crowd was back to hissing and tittering. It was revolting. Marie knew the entire ceremony was a farce. She and her lawyer had been given less than a single day to prepare her defense. They intended to kill her from the outset. They worried the Royalists would rally behind her and her son if they were kept alive. There was nothing legitimate about the trial. She looked toward the judge and sneered. They called her the idle rich, the false royalty. And yet here they were, presiding over a kangaroo court. All Marie could do was to endure it, to prove to the commoners that she wasn't one of them. She had been chosen by God's grace to rule. To question her authority was to question that of God Almighty. After several more hours of testimony and debate, the jury returned with a verdict. At approximately 4.30 in the morning, Marie Antoinette was found guilty of high treason, depletion of the National Treasury, and conspiracy against the security of the State of France. The last two charges were unimportant. The penalty for high treason alone was death. As the judge read out her sentence, Marie remained silent. A heavy lump formed in her throat, but she refused to break down. Not here. Not in front of these jackals. She kept her head high and blinked away the tears. She had hoped for some privacy back at the prison, but she was afforded no such privilege. Guards watched her as she wept on the thin cot that passed for her bed. Of course, she couldn't do a thing about it. She had been beaten, thoroughly, by her enemies. So be it then. She would be a martyr. She would go down in history as the Queen, perhaps France's last, who died with dignity. She spent her final hours writing a letter to her sister-in-law, Madame Elizabeth. She could tell by the look on the guards' faces that the letter would never be delivered. She took this blow like all the others, another thing to cry and pray about. Unfortunately, she wouldn't have much longer to do either. Coming up, Marie Antoinette is executed. Now, back to the story. On October 15, 1793, 37-year-old Marie Antoinette, the Queen of France, was found guilty of treason during the French Revolution. She was executed the following day. Marie was but one of many political figures who were killed during the Revolution, which began in 1789 and lasted for a decade. Marie Antoinette and her husband, Louis XVI, assumed control of the nation in 1774, when it was severely cash-strapped. Despite the country's money troubles, King Louis agreed to support the American colonists during the American Revolutionary War. By the end of it, in 1783, the French government was even further in the red. It needed money fast. To pay its debts, the government instituted new taxes. However, the taxes primarily targeted the poorest citizens, infuriating those who were the most oppressed in French society. French farmers were hit especially hard as the 1780s yielded poor harvests. The bulk of the population struggled to make ends meet, while the wealthiest sectors of society thrived as a result of low market regulation. The arrogance and selfishness of the upper classes gave rise to widespread anti-aristocratic sentiment. It was around this time that Marie Antoinette was reported to have heartlessly proclaimed, let them eat cake, when she was informed the commoners had no bread. While it's likely that particular incident was fictional, It's indicative of how the working classes perceived the aristocracy. The resentment of the commoners only increased as the years went on, until it finally boiled over in 1789. That year, revolutionaries stormed the Bastille, a political prison and fortress. From there, the revolution gained momentum. In August of 1789, a national constituent assembly formed by the commoners abolished the feudal system. This did away with the nobility's right to demand monetary contributions from commoners. In the years following the spark of the revolution, the peasantry struggled with the monarchy to pass economic and social reforms. King Louis and Marie Antoinette gained reputations for being uncaring and hostile toward the poor. As their influence fell further and further, other European nations feared revolution would spread. In 1792, the King of Prussia gathered an army and attempted to march on Paris to restore the monarchy and end the revolution. He was adamant that the revolt be pacified, or at the very least, restricted to France. But the French revolutionaries stopped the army's advance and forced its retreat. The victory only bolstered their morale and led to the formal abolition of the French monarchy. Soon afterward, former King Louis XVI was put on trial. He was found guilty of high treason and was executed by guillotine in January of 1793. Marie Antoinette grieved for her husband, but knew her own last days would not be long in coming. Her subsequent conviction in October was all but guaranteed. On the morning following her conviction, October 16, 1793, Marie Antoinette put on a white dress. She was led through Paris with a rope fastened around her neck the crowd jeered screamed and spit at her for an hour straight finally she was brought to the guillotine at 12:15 pm as she walked to the executioner she accidentally stepped on his toes her last words were pardon me sir i did not do it on purpose as the blade fell the fate of the monarchy was sealed But the revolution was far from over. Marie Antoinette's death showed that even royalty could be brought to their knees. Thanks for listening to Today in True Crime. I'm Vanessa Richardson. For more information on Marie Antoinette, check out our episodes of Con Artists that delve into the affair of the diamond necklace, a scandal that further damaged Marie Antoinette's reputation prior to the French Revolution. Today in True Crime was created by Max Cutler, is a production of Cutler Media, and is part of the Parcast Network. It is produced by Max and Ron Cutler, sound designed by Carrie Murphy, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Paul Mahler, Maggie Admire, and Carly Madden. This episode of Today in True Crime was written by Terrell Wells. I'm Vanessa Richardson.